0: You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome in. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Lots to keep us busy on this uh, Wednesday edition. Of course, you know the deal. One hour, we run through it all. 60 minutes up until 6 o'clock. The number you know, one 800 919 espn I am on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. The Daily Poll question will be up shortly. We will hit on that in a second. Today is Wednesday. Had to think about that for a second in my own brain, but uh, which is operating at about 75%, which is probably better than most of the time. But it is Wednesday, means we'll have headlines, which is mainly a collection of Florida Man stories. But we'll get to that. But first, we begin at the beginning. Since we last uh, spent some time together yesterday around this time, yesterday, Tuesday, was Blackout Tuesday. And I'm sure if you have any social media accounts whatsoever, you are aware. But for those that don't, um, yesterday was a day where people posted a black square on their social media accounts as a way to uh, show solidarity over the uh, death of George Floyd And everything that's going on in the country. And if you were on Twitter or on Instagram, maybe, I think, uh, especially on Twitter, you could not help but notice it. It was everywhere. And before we get into the sports angles, I mean, it would be crazy to do any kind of show. Not that we're going to focus on this exclusively, but it would be crazy to do any kind of show where you're not talking about what's going on in the world when there's something going on in the world as prominent as this. And I got to be honest with you. If you had told me a, maybe a week ago, the concept of post, posting a black square to Instagram or Twitter or however you would do it, uh, I probably would have laughed at you. Not over the, 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 the topic, but the concept. Because it seems so modern day doing something, doing something that's not actually doing anything right. Posting a square to Twitter. It's the perfect example of, hey, look what I'm doing. Look at me when you're not really doing anything. There's no effort required. It's important as long as I don't actually have to get up off the couch. Right. Uh, there are these type of things that pop up from time to time. And generally, my reaction to them is is, is that, you know, kind of laugh, kind of mock them, uh, kind of. Point fun at the ridiculousness of it. But obviously, over the last week, you can't help but feel like the world is different, right? And not to rehash the things that we've talked about this week, but I think the one thing we should be able to agree on is that this time is different. Now, whether or not it's long-lasting, whether or not it has a major impact on the long term, we have to wait and see. I, I don't know. But when you see how the death of George Floyd has focused the entire nation on the topic of racism or police brutality, to me, it is like nothing we have ever seen before. And there have been protests before. There has been outrage before, but not like this. And I think that the support has not been like this. Now, maybe that that the experience is different for for other people. But I'm just sitting here as one guy looking at the world, and I think that for years, athletes primarily are the ones that I focus on because of what I do for a living. They have been trying to convince people of what their experience has been and to get everyone, especially white people, to support what they have been saying. And when you watch the protest across the nation, I think you have to say, that the support is, is there now, certainly much more so than it has ever been before. Now, I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm not saying it's a hundred percent. And I'm not saying that it's being handled perfectly in all corners. But for a long time, people have wanted to have that conversation. Minorities have wanted to have that conversation. African Americans have wanted to have that conversation. And I think the outpouring of support, which has been overwhelming, has been unlike anything that I have seen before. Now, as the age that I am, I am typically a little cynical. I'm hoping, you know, much like the baseball thing, I'm hoping for the best. But there's a part of me that kind of expects the worst. Now, I don't know that posting a black square to Twitter is going to have any long-lasting impact. But at least for a start, and that's where we're at right now, right? I think it's the start of the conversation. I don't know that I'm for anything that is not going to bring people together in support of what should be an obvious thing. You know, I keep seeing that um, I saw a headline about, you know, even Tiger Woods made a statement on this this, uh, divisive issue. I don't think it's a divisive issue. The fact that Tiger Woods made a statement probably shows you that it's not a divisive issue. It's not divisive at all. Everyone should be against the killing of a man in the street over uh, the accusation. Basically nothing or should be against police brutality. That should be obvious. So I don't know that that this is divisive uh, as it's being portrayed. Michael Jordan spoke out about it. Hell, Sesame Street put out a statement. Sesame Street, not generally known as being a hot take artist. So for the people who will argue with you over the other issues going on, which are substantial, which are important, the riots or the looting, that's different. Believe it or not, I'm against that too. I'm weird. But when you have a topic that it seems like nobody can agree on all the points or there are parts of it, that uh, will be disagreed upon, I think you have to find the common ground to start. And again, I think that this is the start of the conversation. So the peaceful protest, which continued yesterday, uh, look, if you're against peaceful protest, uh, I hate to break it to you, that is what America should be about, having the right to peacefully gather. And no one should condone um, rioting or looting or the destruction of people's jobs or livelihood. Those are things that should be the common ground. So for yesterday, the posting to the black squares and and blackout Tuesday, I think that that's at least an area where we should all start to listen to each other and have that conversation that many, especially athletes, have wanted to have for a very, very long time. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776 is the telephone number, so... As we start to get into the sports topics of the day, the big one, obviously, is the NBA. The NBA is set to have their conference call tomorrow, where they are going to discuss and apparently vote on the proposed resumption of the season. Adrian Moschnerowski reports the NBA is modeling a 22-team format for the season's proposed resumption beginning July 31st in Orlando, Florida, Timeline shared with teams as a last possible date for Finals Game 7 lands on October 12th, according to a source which uh, told ESPN. Also from Woj, Commissioner Adam Silver is expected to have a proposal to take to a vote of the NBA's Board of Governors on Thursday. The expectation is that the NBA draft and the opening of free agency would follow in sequential order in uh, October. Okay, so here's Adrian. Woj Narowski from Sports Center last night with Scott Van Pelt. Why does the NBA have a plan to return with just 22 teams? Here's Woj.
1: Well, it's you know essentially somewhere between the 16 and 30. And while there is support among some in the NBA to bring back everybody, let all 30 teams participate, you know, Adam Silver knows this privately from his conversations with teams. There are not 30 teams Who want to play. Now, they won't all say that publicly, but privately, he knows that there are teams and there are players on those teams that don't want to come back. Listen, if you wanted the safest possible environment, you do the 16. But financially and competitively, now you've got regular season games, you've got play in games. And, And the revenue, I'm told, from having just the 16 and going to the playoffs verse 22 and having to play in regular season games several hundred million dollars more to teams and that is absolutely a factor in this
0: and just keep in mind uh, the number with playing the 22 teams and getting down to the playoffs would be the number that I saw 88 additional games that to me uh, to me 88 considering I know it's not really been a hot topic lately it seems like the whole coronavirus thing is just whoop right out the window. Boy, we forgot about that fast. Um, but to be playing an additional 88 regular season games, not playoff games, to me seems a bit much. I would be much more in favor of just, look, these are the teams that are making the playoffs. These are the teams, unfortunately, when the the season got postponed or canceled or, or put on hold, uh, these are the teams that, we're in position to be in the playoffs, so those are the 16 teams we are going to go with. To be playing an additional 88 games, even before you get it to me, it feels like um pushing your luck in terms of, of keeping everybody healthy and, and keeping everybody safe. Um Here's Adrian from uh, about the players, right? They're going to have to stay from mid-July to October in Florida and at least have some sort of rules... Uh, you know, con- uh, on how they are going to be able to conduct their lives It's not just that they're going to be staying in a in a different city for that length of time. There are going to be rules as well about quarantine and such. Here's
1: Woj. That's going to be part, I think, of the test for teams to win a championship. And you know, we talk about whether there's an asterisk on this season. Is this championship going to be treated differently? And while there's not going to be travel, and it's not going to have. So the playoffs aren't going to have that grueling nature but there I think will be a different test of the metal of the players of getting back into condition of what teams um, you know get back the chemistry and what they had that had them among the elite but how about this? how about the teams who stay healthy not just physically on the floor but stay free of the coronavirus? I've had a number of players, especially role players, on very good playoff teams, uh, teams who expect to be there a long time, who have said to me, I do not want to be the guy who gets blamed uh, because our star player uh, contracted the coronavirus and someone could point at me that I gave it to him or I played a role in it.
0: Okay, so there's Woj. Uh, the, The one point about that is... I can understand that, right? When you first get down there and and it's a heightened sense of security and a heightened sense of safety. But we have seen just in public, just in the, the course of our own lives, that as the temperatures have heated up and as this has got – there's a certain level of fatigue with the issue. And just because you stop caring about it doesn't mean that it necessarily goes away. So I don't know. To me – Pushing it up to 22 teams seems like pushing your luck. And I can understand players thinking that, like, you know, we don't want to be, I don't want to be the person that that impacts our team with the virus. But that's at the beginning. As the fatigue goes on and players get used to and have a sense of safety that might not be there, actually, but at least they have that sense of safety, uh, I can see that keeping people locked away and keeping people quarantined in a bubble city, even one as nice as Florida with the nice weather and I'm sure nice resorts, I think it's going to be harder and harder to uh, pull off. It's also pretty funny to me. It's pretty clear that the 22-team format, at least in part, was to make sure that Zion got into the playoffs. And it's funny. If you ever floated the idea that the NBA – Fix the draft lottery, so the Pelicans desperately in need of a superstar after the loss of Anthony Davis, and desperately need uh, uh, in need of a superstar because the franchise was in major trouble. You would get floated as a crackpot, tinfoil hat, all these other things. But now we know that with the if it does turn out to be the twenty two teams, at least in part of that was to get the young star that all the eyes are going to be on into the playoffs, even though his team, as things stand, was not a playoff team. So that that shows you right there that they did whatever they could to kind of get him in the playoffs because it would be good for ratings and good for business. But if you ever floated the other idea, oh, you're nuts. You're crazy. Touched on the uh, headlines of uh, the day about uh, the NBA, and looks like tomorrow's the day they're going to have the the conference call to kind of vote on the plan. And it certainly seems like while there's been some back and forth about what it will be, will all teams come back? Will it be just the 16 playoff teams? It looks like it's going to be 22 teams as a way, at least in part, to get Zion Williamson involved because he's on the Pelicans and he's a big star and it's going to get more eyeballs on the TV sets. But um, I did want to touch on also Major League Baseball. So you might be asking yourself – maybe you don't. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're done with asking yourself because you ask yourself every single day. And at some point, you know, it becomes stupid to be continuing asking yourself the same questions when the answer remain, remains the same. What's going on with Major League Baseball? Is Was yesterday the day they had the breakthrough? Because that's what it's going to take at this point. Some sort of breakthrough between the two sides to come up with a deal. And the answer is no. No, it's not. No, yesterday was not the day. Yesterday was the day they continued to act like idiots. And not even act. They continued to be idiots. This not this is not an act at this point. They are legit idiots. Here's Jeff Passen saying for the 70th day in a row, the clock is ticking. <laughs>
1: I think nobody in baseball wants there to be the lack of a season, but I think both parties understand we're getting down to the nitty-gritty at this point, where if they want to beat the NBA back, if they want to beat the NHL back, a deal needs to get done in fairly short order. And by proposing, or at least putting out there the possibility of a 50-game season, Major League Baseball said to the Players Association, hey, we always have this option, let's meet somewhere in the middle.
0: Right. That, that's working out swell. That seems to be going fantastic. Amazing. Amazing system. Uh, alright. So baseball continues to be legit idiots. Not even act like idiots. They are, um, they are actual idiots. So, uh, we'll, we'll leave that for another time. Uh, but uh, a couple of things on the Knicks. Uh, as we get uh, back into the show here, one eight hundred nine one nine ESPN, one eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. One thing, Mark Stein, of course, writes for the New York Times, former ESPN uh, basketball insider. Uh, and he said that Thursday, it looks like the day that the Knicks will get the confirmation that the season's over, right? They're not going to be one of the 22 teams. I think that unless they had the 30 team plan that they were going to pretty much be, I guess they all the different plans, there were some that would require the Knicks to come back, but, you know, I think we're all kind of in agreement, even Nick fans, that, um, that, No more games. We do not need to see any more of the Knicks this season. Even in our desperate need for sports, I think the Knicks, they can call it a day. But when they get the information and they get the confirmation that the season's over, that's when the Knicks' coaching search will officially begin. But also, according to Mark Stein, their official coaching search is already over. (laughs) It's from Mark Stein. Leon Rose has a close relationship with Tom Thibodeau from their relationship as client and agent at CAA. And according to sign, word is the Knicks, for good measure, have already begun background work on their top target. Quote, it would be a serious shock at this point if Rose went in another direction with his first major hire. Well, I, I, look, I've been on, on record here, and I thought that they would at least conduct, you know, part of coming up with different results is at least conducting your business in different ways. And this feels like a very Nixian move, saying that we're going to be open and we're going to look at things and we're going to really do a real search. And the first person on your list is the person that you're going to end up hiring. It's much like the hiring of Leon Rose. When it was announced that Steve Mills was was not going to be back and was out uh, in his job – It seemed like, okay, we're going to conduct this wide net. We're going to throw out this wide net and get the best candidate. And then basically the next day you had the name Leon Rose and it turned out that's who was hired. So, and this feels very similar. And again, as I said, you know, last week, I think it was, I don't think Tom Thibodeau is a, is a bad coach, but I don't see him as being a good fit or the perfect fit, certainly for this current Knicks team. So, but it looks like that the search is already over. The search has begun. And the search is done. Secondly, the Nick's poll question from yesterday that uh, touched on the Nick's decision not to issue any statement on George Floyd and and the protests that have been going on. First off, the, the people that and that was not many, but it, it always happened. Oh, you're stirring the pot or somebody else. You, you know, you're just adding fuel to the fire, adding fuel to the fire, talking about the headlines of the day and what is certainly going to be. I mean, we're halfway through the year and. But this year, God knows how the things are going to turn out the, le- the next six months. But I would think that one of the headlines of 2020 is going to be the death and the killing of George Floyd and the protests and whatever long-lasting impact, if there is some, from the conversations that we're having now. That's going to be one of the headlines of the year. So giving listeners and followers the chance to voice their opinion – that is not adding fuel to the fire or stirring the pot. Sorry. Secondly, the fact that James Dolan yesterday had to send out a second email to staffers and, and, and Nick's employees to clarify the team's position shows that I think that yesterday the right answer was that it was a missed opportunity. It was a missed opportunity by the organization to do the right, the right thing and, 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 and again, not, it's not a divisive issue. It, this one should have been pretty easy to see. So the poll question for today, which is up on uh, Twitter, at Gordon Damer, is, um, the Knicks are, are one of two teams, right, that didn't uh, issue a statement. And yesterday, James Dolan had to send out a second statement to kind of clarify what the Knicks position has been. Did I not post the – oh, no, I did. I just didn't pin it to the top of the page. So do you think the Knicks will pay a price for their lack of a reaction? This was actually a question that was asked yesterday on the first take. Max Kellerman verified Nick Hader, who I'm not necessarily disagreeing with on his larger point. But, of course, he's always going, oh, yeah, of course, the Knicks are going to pay a price, blah, blah, blah. So here's Stephen A.'s reaction. I think he at least came from a, for a more from a more uh, honest point of view. Here's Stephen A.'s reaction to the question of, "Will the Knicks pay a price for their lack of a reaction?"
1: It's awful, awful, awful leadership. It's because he has nothing to say. It was an internal memo. And clearly what he's doing is prohibiting others because, Max, you and I both know people that are employed at Madison Square Garden. They're better than this. They want to speak. They got stuff to say. They want their names, their resumes, their reputations well, to attached. To the good side of what's transpiring, and they've been restricted by this man internally, and it just got exposed because somebody put it out to the masses.
0: All right, so there's Stephen A. and Stephen A. Uh, didn't feel like uh, the Knicks would uh, pay m- much of a price, where Max did think that they would pay much of a price. And I got to say, I actually find myself agreeing with Stephen A. on this because how can you pay for a la- uh, pay a price when? Nobody, I mean, when we talk about fans being on board with their organization, there's no fans that are more on board than Knicks fans, right or wrong. They are diehard fans. So, yeah, there's going to be a, a big hubbub right now, and it looks bad right now. But in terms of paying a price, especially considering the reputation of the Knicks, could it be much lower right now? There's nowhere to go but up. So I don't know. When you when you don't have anything to pay, I don't know that you're going to pay for a lack of reaction. So I don't expect the the, the, the you know, people will bring up the Max brought up the point about uh, you know, well, well, free agents aren't going to want to go there. Free agents haven't gone there already. And they're not going there mainly because the team stinks. That's what the bigger problem is. So will they pay a price for their lack of – maybe there will be with with, uh, one player here or one player there or a specific player who will remember this down the road. But I don't think that this is the reason they're going to uh, pay a price for their lack of reaction and and lack of uh, of issuing a statement, even though I think, as I said yesterday, I said again today, it's a missed opportunity. It's one that they should have been able to uh, land on pretty quickly. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. We have headlines coming up, so let's get a couple of calls in right now. We'll start with Dominic in, is it D.C.? Dominic, you're first up, man.
2: Going? How you doing? you doing, man?
0: Hey, what's going on, Dominic?
2: Man, I, I just got to tell you that, one, I think it's more than just Zion. Because you got John Wall in the East, he's coming back. We haven't seen John Wall in two years, you know what I'm saying? Two, three years almost. And, you know, we got like four teams and. That's able to get in there in the West too. That's out just outside the playoffs, like Damian Lillard and them. You know, what I mean? um, the Spurs—they just a few games out too. So, it's
0: more does than anybody need to it's see the Spurs him. anymore this year, though? I mean, really? I mean, do you think that they're nah, doing this really, to keep the Spurs in the mix, or do you think it's because Zion is going to get the eyeballs to the television set?
2: I'm just saying, not really, not really the Spurs, but they in position. You know what I'm saying? And the Spurs no, is I mean, a team, that just because. Apart, they have an opportunity just because they have an opportunity to do something, even though they're not that good. But they still the Spurs.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know, now, Dominic, and thanks for the call, man. I don't know that that's necessary. You know, like if you're looking at it in in terms of fairness, yeah, you know, the fact that the season was 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 postponed when it was postponed, uh, yeah, it probably is fair that you don't just cut off the season right then and there. But I don't think that fairness is necessarily the reason why it's about money. And I think it's about trying to get the big star in Zion, who is is has already kind of established himself as someone who draws eyes to television sets, involved in the playoffs. I mean, and I'm not even saying that that's the wrong decision. I'm just saying that when it gets floated out there, that the reason you know that the the lottery, which has been talked about before, is being fixed. Uh, if I had to rank the ones that I think are the most shady decisions made on the NBA draft lottery, it's, it's seeing more and more that uh, the Pelicans being awarded Zion Williamson uh, is one of them. And and the fact that that's what the conversation that's being had about the NBA playoffs, making sure that Zion is part of it somehow by having 22 teams, uh, it seems it seems a little shady. It seems a little shady. Let's go out to uh, Lewis and Whippany. Lewis, what's going on, man?
2: Hey, How you doing, Gordon? What's going on? Hey listen, um there's like there's a few things I wanna say. Like um you're you're definitely right, man. This all this all this rioting, uh protesting, everything, like even the rioting feels different, man. Like um I think I think like the death of George Floyd was um I think the way it happened is the reason I mean, you know, like I told Brian, like you never wanna rank how you know how people die, right? Like, no, we're not going to do that, right? No, no we're you, never, you, you never, you never want to do that. But the way it happened, just watching the video and people sitting there, and it didn't happen in an instant. Like the guy got shot, and it was over, and it was the usual. Oh my God, he got shot, he's dead. It was one of those things where you just saw this man slowly just drift away. Like it, it, it went, it came, and it took forever to go. And I I believe that's the reason why people are so, they're so behind this, you know, this whole movement because it's it's getting to a point where, like, he just, it's just so blatant now that, you know, that obviously that he was, he, everything just happened, like, it, it was too much. It was way too much and people just... yeah. Just, uh, I, I
0: think you're right. I mean, I, I think there's a lot that goes into it. It's not just the visual. It's not just that, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's not certainly not the first case. Uh, it's, it's the, the reaction of, uh, you know, that, that he was already in handcuffs. He was already subdued. Uh, and that this is the way that it took place. So I think that there's a yeah. lot of things, but the visual of it, you know, I mean, you can't have a much more, uh, no. you know, stark thing than somebody's, knee on someone else's neck and the guy saying repeatedly, I can't breathe. I can't, you know, I mean, we've well, seen that I mean, before not, with Eric Garner, um, but this course. one and is even more stark than that.
2: Well, yeah, of course. And the the part of that that shook me was when he started crying for his mom. That's right. the part that, you know, yeah. everyone can relate to that. Like when you're in a moment of fear, a lot of people don't want to admit it, but the first thing they do is literally cry for their mom. That's the one thing most, most people do. And also, um, it, it's crazy what Richard Sherman is saying on Twitter where, you know, it's true when you hear something from a a Caucasian versus black, you know, even though it's the same thing, it is taken, um, it is taken differently and people will listen to a, you know, obviously a white quarterback or just in general, a white person more than they would a black person because they can kind of relate to that person. And Eric Reed, like the way he's doing things, man. He's just—I don't know—I don't know if you've seen that. He's going at everybody, like you know, from the Forty ers to the Redskins to pretty much anyone that's being on the other side of the fence. And now they're on this side now. And I—I I, I think, I think people like that need to take a step back, man, and realize that this is bigger than you know a petty argument, like oh, before you weren't wedded, and now you're wedded. I think, I think people need to realize that every little bit of help uh, it's gonna count towards everything.
0: Yeah, look. I mean, I can understand the frustration, right? Like, if you said, if you've been saying something and you finally get proven, you know, you finally get the people you've been trying to convince to to see it for themselves. I would think that there is a portion of you that's like, ah, finally, thank God, you finally, you know, got on board and and calling them out or or whatnot. But yeah, you're you're right. I mean, it it should be about. It shouldn't be about you. It should be about the overall you know getting people on board it's about getting people to to agree with you and maybe it took them too long and maybe you didn't agree with how long it took them to to agree with you but when you finally get them to be on your side and be in agreement i think you have to take that as as a positive and not say well you didn't do it fast enough or you didn't do it soon enough or or anything like that Ground ball, right side, Cabrera will cut it off, Galarraga covers,
2: he's out, no, oh, he's safe, he is safe, he is safe at first base, and here comes Jim Leland.
0: Yeah, Jim Leland, not too happy, hey, obviously, he really got the call wrong, 10 years ago, uh, yesterday was it, Armando Galarraga, the perfect game that wasn't the perfect game, I love how people bring it up. Oh well, you know we should just go go back and change it. Well, I don't think it works that way. I don't think you can just go back and say, "Well, you know what? He actually did have a problem." I mean, does that does that make Armando Galarraga? Would that make him feel better? You think? Oh, wait a sec. You now admit that you got it wrong? Oh, fantastic! Well, let's celebrate. Let's uh, all have you got it wrong in the time, and uh, that's all that you messed it up. You messed it up. You can't go back in time and change it just the way it is. Just the way it is. I don't know why we would use that for the moment of inspiration. I don't think there were many good options yesterday for a moment of inspiration. I don't know if that's inspiring. It's well, the news, way uh, it's himself newsworthy, after right? It. What's that? Say again, Brian?
2: I guess the, it was the way he carried himself afterwards. He could have been like, I blame you, it was his name, right. Jim Jordan. Big double middle yeah. fingers and yeah. everybody.
0: God <laughs> Right. Exactly. That's how Cur- I would have handled him. Yeah, you would have cursed him not out. Not with grace and respect. Gordon. I would have I would have taken down everybody with me. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, you would have blamed him, you would have blamed yep. his mother, everything. You absolutely. absolutely. Go after- but he absolutely. did it.
0: Absolutely. Well, maybe not his mom, but yes, <laughs> definitely the uh, the young. Yes, absolutely.
3: But that's why. that's why I put him as more All
0: right. Well, look, uh, look, I'm not going to lie to you. Some days uh, it's a little tougher to find some uh, some some <laughs> candidates for moment of inspiration than others. This is not something that came up during lockdown. I'm not going to lie. But, well, you know what we have been doing even before lockdown, of course, everybody's favorite headlines. Today's headlines. extra. Extra my uh, social media stuff is uh, falling apart here. I'm trying to get into the zoom I'm trying to do this thing trying to do that thing but let's go with headlines. not too many headlines today we've mostly focused on Florida man and actually you know who's been very active has been Florida woman actually much more so than Florida man. but here's a couple of headlines that we do have. There's not too many headlines that we can poke fun of and joke around about so but a couple of them. one from the New York Post welcome to summer. Here are some terrifying insects that could ruin your travel plans. Well, first off, I hate to break it to you, New York Post. I'm not going to be uh, terrified by any insects. I've been through too much already this year to be terrified by insects. And part of it is because you can't ruin travel plans that don't exist.
3: Extra, extra.
0: People rent. Buy the hour spaces to escape loved ones homes during lockdown. Well, that's just awful to be, to be at a state where you feel the need that you have to escape your loved ones. That's a terrible service. I would like to know the number of this service, the, the website of this service, so I can directly contact them to complain about this service. You know, I just think it's outrageous that what's the number? Where do I go for this? And extra, how do I extra. get how do I get in the car first first and foremost? How do I explain why I'm driving someplace to my wife? All right, Florida man, let's uh, let's run through the uh, stories of Florida man because we're already late apparently according to the clock. I don't know how this happens every single day. I think it's because I'm a bad uh, bad clock manager. All right, Florida man makes covid masks out of python and iguana skins.
3: Extra, extra. That
0: doesn't sound like it would be comfortable at all. Florida man pulled into the water and bitten by a 12-foot alligator. Extra, extra. Bald Florida man accused of robbing a hair product store. Extra, extra. Florida woman hears banging at the door. Turns out it was two alligators fighting. Extra, extra. Alligators are just going at crazy. Maybe they got to make the COVID masks out of alligator skins. They have pythons and iguanas. Maybe they gotta start cutting down on the alligators. I hate the deer. We have, in Jersey, we have deer everywhere and, and people that don't live in the area, they see the deer and they think it's a unicorn. But you hate the deer. The deer are just tall rats. They're disgusting. Uh, I can't imagine what it would be like if you replaced deer with alligators. It would be cool for like a second or two. But you imagine opening your door and there's two alligators there fighting? Extra, extra. Yeah, all right. Florida woman arrested after beating her husband with Mother's Day bouquet. I guess they didn't go to 1-800-Flowers. They probably should have. Florida woman charged with setting fire to home over missing towel.
3: Extra, extra.
0: Florida woman hits cars with pipe because no one would give her a cigarette. Extra, extra. Well, not acting like that. We're not going to give you a cigarette. And then fly, finally, Florida Charter School holds graduation ceremony on jet skis.
3: Extra,
0: extra. I have come up with the, you know, everybody is trying to figure out how to do these high school graduations in the day and age of social distancing, which uh, for some people are still going on. But it feels like more and more whoop that's out the window. Uh, I've told you how to do this. You get the T-shirt canyons, right? Everybody loves a t-shirt cannon. You ever see the people react in, at games to these t-shirt cannons? It was like you're giving them the winning lottery ticket. They're falling all over themselves to get these stupid t-shirts. Put the grad, you know, put the uh, diploma in the t-shirt cannon. Maybe you have to, you know, wrap it with a rubber band. I don't know all the technical, but I'm the idea man. I'm not the, the nuts and bolts guy. But get the the diploma, wrap it up somehow, throw it in the T-shirt cannon, and then get out in the high school football field. You can socially distance however you want and then shoot it into the sky. And then the graduate has to uh, go catch it. And everybody will be so excited by it. It'll be the greatest. Talk about make a memory. That's making. That's taking a bad situation and making the best out of it. T-shirt cannons. That's the key in 2020. All right, coming up, we'll get back into the uh, headlines of the day. And uh, touch on the poll question, all that, get your phone calls involved, assuming my Zoom thing works on my stupid iPad. In case you're just uh, waking up, just getting uh, started on this uh, Wednesday morning. Well, you missed out on Florida, man. There's nothing we can do about that. But just to kind of recap what we've been focusing on this morning. It has been about, uh, you know, the protest again yesterday, and um, you know, the conversation that I think for a long time, athletes, African American athletes have wanted to have in this country that I think finally, now their, their perspective is, might be different because they've been waiting for this for a whole lot longer, but it feels like that we're finally starting to have that conversation. Uh, I did think that it was interesting or, um, that, you know, people pointing out different athletes or, or teams that have made statements. And the one that I kind of thought of the, or saw first was the one about Tiger Woods. You know, he generally doesn't make any uh, comments about divisive issues. And I think that's because the reason he's done it this time is because it's not a divisive issue. You know, when, when Michael Jordan has spoken out about it, I don't think it's a divisive issue. When Sesame Street has made it a statement, I don't think that it's a divisive issue. And the uh, focus of the poll question for a second straight day is about uh, the Knicks and James Dolan, who tried to clarify the team's decision not to issue a statement on uh, the protest and the killing of George Floyd. Do you think the Knicks will pay a price for their lack of a reaction? That's the poll question. It's up on Twitter at Gordon Damer. Uh, to me, I don't think that they will. Uh, I don't think that there is a price to pay for this lack of reaction. Although I will say, for 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 hiring a branding expert. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they're just uh, ignoring all of his advice. It doesn't feel like, since the Knicks have hired Steve Stout, that things have pointed in the right direction. In terms, I mean, we all kind of mocked that decision of hiring a brand expert when your brand, you know, is synonymous with not winning. Uh, the, the thing you have to fix is the actual winning part of it, and I realize that sometimes I do feel like the Knicks uh, take some unfair criticism, and I pointed out about Max Kellerman on first take, anything related to the Knicks, he is always going to take the negative slant on things about um, their decisions or their, their motivations or anything like that, but will they pay a price for their lack of reaction? I, I don't think that they will. I, I think that this will probably be forgotten about pretty quickly about their lack of reaction. And it's not like they have. There's a price to pay anyway. It's not like re, are free agents all of a sudden going to decide to stop coming to the Knicks when they are not coming to the Knicks already. Are fans who are on board with the Knicks and as diehard fans as you could possibly have anywhere, especially considering the the wins and losses over the last what two decades, are they going to all of a sudden fall off the bandwagon now because of this? I don't think so. So, are they going to pay a price for their lack of reaction? No, I, I don't. I don't think that they will. I don't think that they will. So that's the poll question. You can get that on uh, Twitter at Gordon Damer. And uh, you know, we talked about the protest yesterday. We talked about the 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 fact that people seem to. If you're trying to look for some level of positivity, the fact that it seems like most people almost all people certainly seem to be on board with the protest even if they're not maybe t- taking part in the protest because of whatever reason or social distancing or all these d- different type of things um it seems like people do agree maybe more so on a level that they haven't d- done in the past that uh, that that they are on board with the conversation that is finally taking place but let me be clear Uh, If I wasn't already in the open and I said this, but let me restate it to be more clear. Nobody should be condoning rioting or looting or the destruction of people's property or their livelihood. That is all obviously wrong. Nobody should be condoning rioting. What is going on in cities across the country and took place again last night in New York City, although at least according to the initial reports, it was not as bad as it was on Monday. But it's still an issue. It's still a problem and a problem that is not being fixed nearly quickly enough by the elected leaders whose job it is to do such things. So that part of it, absolutely. And also, while I am obviously against police brutality, you can be against Uh, police brutality and not be against the police. The police have a thankless job and a near impossible job. And over the last week or so, even more so. So this is not against the, uh, I'm not against the police. We need the police. That should go without saying, but I will say it to make sure that everybody is clear on it. 1-800-919-ESPN, one 800 Let's go back to the phones and squeeze a couple more calls in here before the top. Omar is in Brooklyn. Two days in a row for Omar. Whoa, waking up early, buddy. Good, What's going good on? Morning.
3: Good morning, Governor. How are you? First, I got to say three things. Okay, first, uh, James Dola. He says something that is bad. He doesn't say something it is bad. Let it go. The guy came out of coronavirus. He's an old man. He spends money on... Everybody, white, black, Hispanic, anybody. Who, who are you There's talking
0: about? James Dolan?
3: Dolan.
0: James
3: okay. Dolan. So uh, to mock him and make a controversy. I, not, not I did not want, mock him.
0: Let me make no, it clear. No, I did I, not mock him. You
3: didn't mock, mock it. No. no. Max Kellerman. Are you, are yes. 100% Max right? is
0: a verified yeah. Nick hater who will yes, always take 100%. the negative slant with the Knicks. No question. I, I totally agree with you on the police statement, but I have one
3: question. Do you? I, I, we are hearing news about this. That maybe the troops comes in. I, I'm sorry. I, I do not see great the situation that is already tense. If the troops comes in New York City and any type of incident happens, it will escalate to the level that will be uh, uncontrollable. Please let the police handle whatever they are handling. They are handling very good. They are very, very nice police officers one black, uh, one incident of police a lot of police brutality i am a, am i as a minority i can understand that but we need police and they do a very good job in new york city they are far better 100% better uh, trained to deal with individuals than you are outside new york city go outside new york city you will uh, 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 resolute more uh, cases like that that uh, uh, that happens in Michigan than what it happens uh, 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 around New York City so uh, uh, let's hope that no troops come here what we are hearing well, about uh, Omar that, uh, we're, we're
0: not going to get into that angle of it obviously that's uh, a little bit above my pay grade about whether or not we need that if the, if the although if the situation does not improve in terms of the 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 rioting and the looting uh, at some point um it would seem that you would have to, you'd have to make a decision to, to escalate things. Let's hope it does not get to that. Let's hope that things improve, uh, and, and that type of situation stops. I don't know that it necessarily will, but we'll have that conversation when it happens. Steve and Chappaqua. Steve, what's going on, man?
3: Hey, Gordon, number one, I love your show. You Thanks, are. Thanks, man. You are amazing. But I want to stand up for James Dolan a little bit. I know he, what he says or doesn't say, we, we tend to disagree, you know, have problems. But he walks the walk. He's
1: had African-American coaches,
3: uh, Isaiah Thomas, uh, Lenny Wilkins, Derek Fisher. And he has uh, African-American management
0: in uh, Steve Mills and and Scott Perry. So he he walks the walk, man. He, He needs a little credit. Yeah, no, look, I think, I think most people have pointed that out. Uh, those who have not, I think, have an axe to grind because the Knicks record is bad and it's, and it's low hanging fruit that you can always kind of criticize the Knicks based on the wins and the losses. No, I mean, James Dolan does have a track record of hiring African Americans in positions of power and has to be given credit for that. I do think, though, his decision not to issue a statement when the entire rest of the NBA has I do think, was a missed opportunity. And I think the fact that he is still clarifying that a day later kind of highlights that. Kind of highlights that. All right, that's going to do it for today. We're done. We'll see you tomorrow at 5. Back tomorrow, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.